WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. The Michigan Department of Transportation is planning to reconstruct the I-94 business loop in downtown St. Joseph in 2027. And MDOT, as well as the city, want the input of residents and others who use the street St. Joseph Assistant City Manager Emily Hackworth tells us they'll start to see comments tomorrow. We are starting with a public survey, which should go live on Wednesday, and will be live until mid-February the 16th. So this is for residents, business owners, employees, commuters, anyone who shops downtown or eats downtown. We want input from everyone to let us know their thoughts on how we can improve Main Street, ways that we can be safer, improve traffic flow, improve the streetscape. They also want thoughts on pedestrian and bicycle access. The survey can be found on the city's website. Hackworth says the city is also planning listening sessions ahead of the project. A new playground is planned for Kiwanis Park in St. Joseph. City commissioners last night heard from resident Nicole Stusick, who is part of a partnership that includes the St. Joseph Parks Foundation, seeking to design and raise funds for a new universally accessible playground at the park. Stusick says it's intended for all children. Our vision, as you see there, is for not only a playground that's physically accessible, it's also socially inclusive, enriching, and integrated. So the idea is that all abilities are welcome, no matter if those are physical disabilities or sensory disabilities, things like that. Stusick says they're calling it the Kaleidoscope Playground to reflect the wide range of kids who could use it. One feature she has in mind is a small zip line. It's an adaptive seat with a full harness. So for people with different physical disabilities, they can snap in and off they go. As partners plan the Kaleidoscope Playground, they're planning to raise funds from the community. Already they have secured two Frederick S. Upton Foundation grants totaling $100,000 for the project. The grants would require a $50,000 match from the partnership seeking the new playground. The total goal is $500,000 in fundraising efforts will pick up in the spring. Commissioners this week approve the concept so fundraising can begin. The city of Benton Harbor is partnering with Michigan State Police as the agency seeks funding for a new gunshot detection system in the city. At a meeting last night, city commissioners approved a resolution expressing support for the state police as they seek to start the shot spotter system on behalf of the city in Benton Township. The shot spotter system is an acoustic surveillance technology that uses sensors on buildings and poles to detect, locate, and alert law enforcement agencies of potential gunfire incidents in real time. Commissioner Ron Singleton said last night commissioners have looked at this for a couple of years. We knew it was, wasn't affordable, especially. I mean, we ran through a whole lot of financial struggles and stuff, but we had a presentation in our last uh, public safety committee meeting, and we were able to pull it off. It's going to make a great impact in our community. So looking forward to see, see that go through. The commission's vote this week does not commit the city to any expense. It's just supporting Michigan State Police as they seek the funding. Also this week, commissioners approved spending $38,000 in federal ARPA funds on new police body cameras. The old cameras were purchased in 2017, and the commission's resolution says they're at the end of their useful life due to the batteries being old. The Berrien County Parks Department is hoping to get a chance to open up the cross-country skiing trails at Love Creek and Madeline Bertrand County Parks soon, now that there's been some snow in the forecast. And Parks Director Jill Adams tells us it takes several inches of snow before the trails can open up because they need a good base layer and then some on top. 
In the meantime, she says there are plenty of things to do at county parks, even though it's winter. We do encourage people to come out and enjoy the parks, even if they are just itching to get out cross-country skiing, come out anyway. There's still some good hiking trails until that time, until skiing becomes a good thing for everybody to do. There's some mountain biking opportunities at the parks. And at Madeline Bertrand, we have disc golf. Adam says a couple of county parks are closed for the season now. They are Galeen River and Pawpaw River. Other facilities are open. Silver Beach County Park is open year-round for just hiking and sightseeing and bird watching. We do caution people once the weather does get colder, the ice comes out, we don't want people slipping. Adam says that once there's ice on the lake, everyone's strongly urged to stay off of it. The County Parks Department just released its winter newsletter with recommendations for things to do, and we'll have a link to it at our website. The Southwest Michigan Tourism Council has launched a new hiking challenge for the lovers of the outdoors. Director Marcy Simpson tells us the Southwest Michigan Trails Challenge is now underway, calling on hikers to tackle check-in points recommended through Barry and Cass and Van Buren counties. You can take the challenge by installing the Visit Southwest Michigan app on Apple or Android. You would visit one and you would check in, basically take a picture, a selfie at the trailhead and upload it to the challenge. And then you do that a total of five times to complete the challenge. Simpson says they selected the trails to get people visiting a variety of terrain throughout the region. We just tried to get a good mix of trails throughout the southwest Michigan area. So folks had somewhere to choose from, Niles, Buchanan, Baton Harbor, South Haven, Cass. There's a good mix of places. The first 100 people to complete five check-ins will receive prizes. They are a branded belt bag and a commemorative sticker. Simpson says once all the prizes are claimed, the challenge closes. However, after that, organizers encourage others to set personal goals to visit as many of the region's trails as they can. This is the first trails challenge to be hosted by the Southwest Michigan Tourism Council. And the Miss America competition is happening this week in Orlando, Florida, culminating in a finals on Sunday. Competing for the title is Southwest Michigan's own Maya Shunek. She was raised in Buchanan. She was Blossom Time's Miss Congeniality. She was crowned Miss Michigan, and now she's on the national stage competing for the top title of Miss America. Blossom Time Festival president Anna Abdemore tells us she's watching the competition closely and rooting for Maya. Even though we're kind of small on the smaller scale here in southwest Michigan, we're still pretty mighty. I mean, you know, um, Maya's proof of that. We've got, you know, a very strong candidate now competing for the title of Miss America, and how awesome is that to see Maya do so well? Abdelnour says that com- competitions like this help young women develop public speaking skills and enhance their personal platform. She says no matter what happens on Sunday, Maya has done an amazing job representing Southwest Michigan and has a very bright future ahead. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. South with high winds and south with high winds and. T- WSJM News now continues. Today, former President Donald Trump was at a hearing in Washington pertaining to the federal January 6th election interference case and whether he should be immune from facing prosecution. A three-judge panel with the D.C. Circuit Court heard arguments from both sides. Trump's legal team argued that he is immune from prosecution because he was president and because he was acting within his duties when he questioned the 2020 election. But ABC's Aaron Katursky says that his claims were baseless and his conduct may have pushed the envelope as to what qualifies under presidential immunity. I think all of these cases and all of his arguments turn on how far can Trump 
stretch the law. And at the moment, he's trying to stretch it pretty tight. Uh, And and it even goes back to to his conduct. when, when John Eastman comes up with this plan to have fake electors sit in place of the real ones and, and nominate Trump instead of Biden, even though Biden won the state, how far, how taut can that rubber band go? Federal appeals court judges in Washington today expressed deep skepticism that Trump is immune from prosecution on charges that he plotted to overturn the results of the 2020 election that he lost to Joe Biden. Trump returned to the federal court in Washington for his appeal to charges against him. That three-judge panel also questioned whether they had jurisdiction to consider the appeal at this point in the case, raising the prospect that Trump's appeal could be dismissed. During lengthy arguments, the judges repeatedly pressed Trump's lawyer to defend claims that Trump was shielded from criminal charges. The Pentagon says a surgery for prostate cancer was the medical procedure that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin underwent last month. They're also revealing details about the complications that sent him back to the hospital. More from ABC's Karen Travers. According to a letter from his doctors at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, Austin was under general anesthesia during the procedure on December 22nd and recovered uneventfully. He returned home the next morning. But on January 1st, he was readmitted because of nausea and severe abdominal, hip and leg pain. His doctors say the initial evaluation revealed a urinary tract infection. Further evaluation on January 2nd revealed abdominal fluid collections impairing the function of his small intestine. It was treated by non-surgical drain placement. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. A man who was targeted by right-wing conspiracy theories about the U.S. Capitol insurrection has been sentenced to a year of probation for his role in it and says he never should have believed the lies about a stolen election. Ray Epps appeared by video Tuesday and wasn't in the Washington courtroom when a judge sentenced him. Epps' sentencing occurred in the building where Donald Trump was attending an appeals court hearing. Right-wing media outlets amplified conspiracy theories that Epps was an undercover government agent who helped to incite the Capitol attack to entrap Trump supporters. Prosecutors have supported Epps' denials that he was an FBI operative. The former Arizona resident pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor related to the insurrection. The U.S. Secretary of State today rejected claims that Israel is committing genocide against Palestinian civilians in Gaza. More from ABC's Andy Field. At a news conference in between meetings in Israel, Secretary of State Blinken reacting to claims against that country to the International Court of Justice. The charge of genocide is meritless. Secretary Blinken says those claims are made by Hamas and Hezbollah, who openly call for the annihilation of Israel and the mass murder of Jews. Mr. Blinken's Middle East trip trying to find a peaceful end to the war in Gaza and other conflicts. Andy Field, ABC News. A sprawling storm has hit the south with high winds and tornado warnings that blew roofs off homes, flipped over campers, and tossed around furniture in Florida. Another storm brought cities across the Midwest to a standstill with more than a half foot of snow as it heads to the northeast. The National Weather Service says a storm with 55-mile-an-hour winds and hail moved through the Florida Panhandle and into Alabama and Georgia by sunrise today, along with reports of radar-confirmed tornadoes. At least three deaths were reported. Farther west, up to a foot of snow could blanket a broad area stretching from southern Colorado all the way to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Senator Bob Menendez spoke on the Senate floor today where he called corruption allegations against him baseless and misleading. More from ABC's Ann Flaherty. Speaking on the Senate floor Tuesday, Senator Bob Menendez pushed back against allegations that he accepted bribes from foreign countries in exchange for granting political favors. I'm innocent, and I intend to prove my innocence. The New Jersey Democrat says he plans to explain at his upcoming trial why investigators found wads of cash and gold bars in his possession. A majority of Senate Democrats have called on Menendez to resign. Ann Flaherty, ABC News, Washington. Astronauts will have to wait until next year before flying to the moon and another few years before landing on it. 
NASA today announced the latest round of delays in its Artemis moon landing program. The news came barely an hour after a U.S. company abandoned its own attempt to land on the moon because of a fuel leak. NASA's relying on heavily on private companies for its astronaut moonshots this time around, part of the reason for the new delays. The space agency had planned to send four astronauts around the moon late this year. It cited safety and technical issues for the delays. And the FAA said today that Boeing 737 MAX 9 aircraft will remain grounded for now after an unused door blew off an Alaska Airlines MAX 9 flight last week. ABC's Alex Stone has more. One day after giving airlines initial instructions for how inspections should be done to get Boeing 737 MAX 9 aircraft back into the air, today the FAA saying every 737 MAX 9 with a door plug like the one on the Alaska MAX 9 will remain grounded until the FAA finds each can safely return to flight. The FAA saying safety, not speed, will determine when the MAX 9 flies again. It comes after United and Alaska Airlines reported finding loose hardware in the door plug areas they've looked at. 